on and started it. Hey guys, what's up and welcome to Leadership Pour Over. It's Aaron and I am excited to be with you. I am with Daniel today and Jeremy and we are talking about uh, a topic that isn't necessarily fun to talk about, very important to talk about and that Mm -hmm. is let's talk about suicide. It's not the easiest topic, but we're going to jump in and find the best ways to approach this as leaders and Christians in our communities. Well, guys, it's Let's good to talk about it, right? Honestly, I'm just going to start here. I'm recording in person for the first time in like three months. It's and wonderful. It's, I love how crispy we all sound together. That sounds so weird to say out loud, but like our, our audio all together sounds so beautiful. On virtual, we just, it's sad. It, it really feels like we're bringing it all together here because I was kind of subbing for you for like a couple of episodes and then now... Uh, We'll, we'll no. just do like a little end cap here. With yeah, there you go. It's wonderful. We're all together. And you did a great job. Well, thank you. Yes. I, I'm just happy I don't have to say, hey, this is Jeremy. My co-host Aaron isn't with me. And um, you can still say that. I'm like, hey, dude, I'm like right here. <laughs> well, you know, I, I will. I'll, I'll just actually delete you out. How about that? That would be, I mean, that would be easier if we were in a virtual because you just not have to put my audio in and it'd just be you talking to. That's true. This. But, oh, maybe we should go back to virtual. No, anyways. Okay, <laughs> so our goal here is actually have this a series long, long series. I don't, we don't know how many weeks we're going to do this, but we're going to have some conversations about to be continued, and it's titled "Let's Talk About It." And I think that's actually a great title for what we're talking about this week, and it is suicide. As we were just chatting quickly, Daniel, you actually said, "Well, that's great because it starts with just literally saying the word." Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a huge fear out there. There like is a lot of people are afraid to say the word suicide to bring up suicide at all because um, there's just this false uh, rumor going around that if you say suicide that it will cause somebody to attempt suicide. Right. Yeah. And like I remember growing up, so I was a 90s kid, born in the 80s, raised in the 90s in the Christian culture. Suicide was almost a cuss word. It was it was the, uh, we're going to talk about something, but it's the word not to be said, yeah. right? It's the unsaid word, the, yeah, we just weren't well, allowed we to talk about it. we would find every way to avoid it and say, take your own life yeah. or yeah. like, yeah. And, and whatever it caused, because I think that was interesting when you said, it's like, we might cause someone to go over the edge, but, and I know my concern with it is even when I did that intro of saying, we're like, am I being appropriate to the topic yeah. because i yeah. feel like there's am i like, rude am i even saying those words yeah, yeah. is it because i know that if like you have personally gone through that and had someone close to you go through suicide or take their own life i can't imagine what it is i'm always like am i gonna say something wrong and i feel like that's one of the things that's like hard to know as a leader or even as a like a good friend of like am i mm-hmm. approaching this in a a right way a godly way a friendly way i mean if there is a good way to talk mm-hmm. about it, you know what i mean yeah. yeah absolutely so when it comes to like this curious guys as we start this topic we talk about the idea of suicide um, and this the fact that it is a reality. This is something that millions and mil, if not even a billion people on this planet are genuinely sadly considering in some way or another. This conversation is in their lives. It's, it, they're influenced by it in some way. Um, what is the What was the first time you'd ever heard the word and wow. as a child? Wow. And then how has that experience changed to today? I can go first because I obviously thought about the question. Um, I was like eight years old. I think it was in second or third grade. And I remember a student coming in and sharing with us how their dad had just committed suicide. I had absolutely no idea what the word meant. Mm-hmm. And I remember because not being in a situation where it was like acceptable verbiage, not that my parents said we couldn't talk about it. It was just in the church. We weren't, we didn't talk about it. I remember like being totally offensive to this child, mm. having no idea that I was being rude and I say that now because obviously I realize it. The reason I bring that up is because for me, um, the conversation doesn't need to wait until I'm 33. Yeah. Doesn't need to wait until I'm 23. Like awareness is a really important step, and just bringing the word up and explaining what the word is is a it's it has deep consequences when mm-hmm. we don't start the conversation early yeah. enough. So this is not a oh we're going to talk to our high school students. This is not what we're going to talk to our staff about. We're not going to talk to our spouses about. Of course we should, but this is a conversation that as a parent specifically, or even as a, as a youth pastor or as a counselor, which bodies all of us, um, we 
need to have this conversation prepared in our back pocket, at least what the, the elevator statement would be mm-hmm. when it's even talking to an eight-year-old. Because I'll never forget that day. Yeah. Now going home and then talking about it with my parents, like, yeah, this happened to school. Like, and it's like, my dad's like, you did what? And I felt horrible. But mm. really, I wasn't prepared sure. as a friend. Yeah. So what was that moment yeah. for you guys? I mean, well, that's definitely really important, too. I, I want to include that uh, you are talking about it to eight-year-olds even. Mm-hmm. And using the correct mm-hmm. terminology and, and saying yeah. suicide instead of that, oh, they they ended it or mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. along those lines. By naming it clearly, that's really important because I know people that have clients that are eight years old that have yeah. attempted, yeah, that mm-hmm. are uh, self harming. Mm-hmm. Um, it it happens, yeah, at any age, yeah. So, Aaron, for you, when was that? You know, I'm sitting here thinking, I, I can't think of an exact one moment, but I, I, if I remember correctly, there was, there was a pastor in town when I was in my like early elementary, late elementary. Okay. I don't remember he took his life, but that's all I remember. I don't remember, mm-hmm. um, exact moment. I don't have a story necessarily where someone yeah. came up. Um, but yeah, I don't have an exact story and moments that I can think of, but, um, it has happened. Those conversations have happened actually more and more in my life in the last Honestly, like two months. Yeah, ever crazy. happened before. Of just, and of course, that's being a student pastor and having those conversations. Yep. That's just yeah. comes natural with it. But I would say I've had more conversations in the last two to three months about this topic than I have had actually probably my entire life. So, yeah. So the point of this first podcast, I think, needs to be us talking about where the conversation comes from. Um, how do we best prepare? And I'm not going to say this in order of where we're actually going to go with this podcast, but also just Write talk about, is, just <laughs> I think we need to start with the awareness side. What is suicide? Yeah. Where, do, where does it come from? And like always, so we brought Daniel in as a, as a counselor to kind of guide us on some of the, yeah. the science of it on the study on how to support those who struggle with it, how to support those who have experienced it from a loved one committing suicide. Yeah. So let's just start off with, if we were to give a very simple definition, Daniel, what would be a definition for suicide outside of the obvious? Oh, oh suicide, uh, the obvious, it would be somebody taking their own life. Right. Uh, right. Um, however, suicide doesn't just include when somebody does suicide. Yeah. Um, it also includes any sort of attempts. Right. So the self-harm side of it. So the self-harm side of yeah. it too. Um, so, and that's important to bring up to this. It's not, it's not just uh, whether or not uh, it was a blatant attempt or whether or not they actually did commit suicide. It, it's also any intention of self-harm that um, could potentially lead to. Mm-hmm. Or even if it's self-harm that um, isn't really that dangerous that's going to yeah. lead to eventual suicide. If somebody is self-harming with the intention of suicide, um, mm. that's still uh, along the same lines and something okay. that we work with. I like how you say that because I've not, like, I've thought about this, but not in, maybe in this depth before mm-hmm. what you're saying is that the, again, the conversation about suicide begins way earlier than yeah. you think it does. It doesn't start when you see the signs. You need to, if you have a student or a family member or a friend or a loved one who struggles emotionally, that's when you start the conversation. Yeah. The, the awareness side, you you are you're not looking in a shameful way, you're not looking in a an accusatory way. You're looking out of love and support thinking, "Okay, I need to have my guard up. I need to support this person enough, love them enough to actually start looking for it, looking for signs. What are some, maybe some basic I don't know if basics is the right way, but what are some signs that we as loved ones can be looking for when it comes to our friends and stuff as, as it pertains to the beginning nature of suicide and self-harm that, well, obviously leads to suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, Isolation is a huge one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if twenty twenty, yeah, right. If somebody's isolating, if they're um, other signs of de- depression in general, not enjoying the things that um, they usually do enjoy or, mm-hmm. um, the sleep cycle being irregular, sleeping more, sleeping less, um, eating more, gaining weight, or yeah. eating way less, um, not uh, and losing a lot of weight. Any sort of weight fluctuations; those are uh, usually a sign. Um, just kind of general numbness, um, lack of motivation, mm. a lot. Um, so those are signs of depression, and, and that doesn't always mean that a suicidality is also included in that. Um, but some things to keep in mind. 
uh, with suicidality is if uh, they're making statements of, um, well, this isn't going to matter anymore. Or uh, a big one um, for elderly people is I'm a burden. Okay. Um, Everybody would just be better off if uh, I wasn't around. Uh Um, That's a a big one too. So that sort of language usually kind of peaks your interest of just like, okay, here's a little alarm going off in my head. I'm now thinking about suicidality on that. Um, If somebody is uh, going through depression and then you all of a sudden start seeing that they are giving away valuable things to their life. Okay. Like, Oh, I I really want you to have this, my Nintendo switch. Uh, I mean, and it uh, seems like why that's like your favorite thing to do. Yeah. 12 year old. I love playing Fortnite. I want you to have my Nintendo Switch and the oh login. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't even when you said that I was thinking like, okay, this is like an old lady giving away her like cedar chest. This is the first thing I thought of. Like, yeah. but that that's interesting. Okay, um, so just uh, any sort of valuables or um, making sure that um, they're telling their loved ones like everything's going to be okay. Um, mm. I love you, or just uh, they're being really reassuring lately. Um, that that's something that also kind of pops out to me. So if mm. a somebody say a parent or a youth pastor or a small group leader, anyone, a teacher, anybody who observes one, or I would say at least a few of the characteristics, which you just shared, what should they do? What should be their first step? What should we do? Mm -hmm. So uh, if it's somebody that is a youth pastor, I mean, uh, that's going to be something that you want to just name it. Yeah. Uh, so sit down with the student in a, in a safe place. As in, don't question it. Just mm-hmm. name it and, and mm-hmm. call it out in some way. Make sure you're make sure you're either right or wrong. Just go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where it's really important not to beat around the bush with it by using any sort of language that's not direct. Yeah. Because um, uh, I could ask a client and I could say like, "Are you are are you um, planning on hurting yourself or harming yourself um, or things like that?" And they might say no. But if I was to ask, are you thinking about suicide? They might say yes, because oh. for some, um, suicide isn't harming yourself. It's ending the pain. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so it's important to say and name it. Like, are you thinking about suicide and not mm. just like ending it, but the actual term? Um, okay. So the more you can't, like, don't beat around the bush. So if you're a youth pastor or, or somewhere um, that uh, somebody you're responsible for, um, is talking like this, they say something along the lines of, well, that's not going to matter tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, take it. You don't have to necessarily, if it's in a small group, address it at that moment with everybody. Right. Keep that in your mind. But the first thing after small group, talk to them. You need to talk to them before they leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't necessarily have to tell the parents yet. You don't know whether or not they are, are thinking about suicide. Yeah. Um, but just go up and say, hey, I, I heard you made this statement of just, it's not going to matter tomorrow. What did you mean by that? Yeah. Um, and well, that's a good question. Them, Say that again. That will give us a chance to write that down. Uh, so just using the same language that they use. Mm. Uh, what did you mean by that? Can you tell mm. me a little bit about, about that? Um, it's the clarifier. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. And and sometimes they might avoid that because they know it's kind of coming. Yeah, yeah. true. Um, but it gives an opportunity. And just more opportunities, the better. Um, to, to talk about it. But even if they're like, oh, well, don't worry about that. Like, that was just like a joke or like, I'm not going to just care. I'm just not caring about something tomorrow. Um, just bring it up and be like, oh, I, I was just one to talk to you about that because, I mean, I've had a lot of friends before. I've had uh, a lot of people I care about who have used that language that um, suicide's been something that, that they've been thinking about. Have you ever been like thinking about suicide? Mm. And just naming it. Mm. Again, being direct. So yeah. I guess the... It's obvious like progression of this is when you, you hear, you observe something yeah. that, that triggers this thought process at you as a, a, the person who loves the other one. Mm-hmm. So the first thing you need to do is always in the appropriate way, not too long after, but in an appropriate way, have the conversation. So you're about to have the conversation, any suggestions or advice on how to get them to talk? Yeah. That, that's, that's a good question. I was about to Cause I'm sitting there going like, I, I as a, you both know me well. I'm a pretty blunt person, so going, hey, you're struggling with this, it seems. Let's talk about it. Uh, yeah. What, as a person who, your job is to get them to talk, <laughs> what is some advice that you might have for parents who are wondering, because I asked this question in two lines, get them to talk, and two, how does a parent know that the conversation went anywhere? Yeah. Right. 
but you can't make anyone talk, right? Sure. Uh, that's just not going to happen. But if you're in a, a place of authority, um, you have a responsibility to leverage that authority and not yeah. give an option mm-hmm. to talk, but say, hey, uh, I have to talk to you. Um, as somebody that is responsible for you and somebody that cares for you, I, I want to talk to you because I've just seen some things that are concerning. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't give it an option. Mm. Um, and they can still choose to just deny or ignore. Or maybe they weren't thinking about that. Maybe it, it was something else. Um, but the thing is, when I, I've talked to parents on the phone about this with, um, with a potential clients, and, and it's like, what what's the harm? Mm-hmm. If it doesn't, statistically like there's no evidence that saying suicide or bringing it up or asking the question right. leads to or introduces that idea to people yeah about well, suicide. that's good to know because that counters our our initial concern mm-hmm. that we grew up with that we've yeah. heard often in in society and the fear from other people is that if i do bring it up yeah i'm, I'm right. encouraging it because i think that's a lot of what and and the, and to go off something you said, as I feel like the situations I always get in and the most stressful moments is when you maybe you hear them say something or they come to you about advice about someone they know that's going through this and you get there. Yeah. But then you're you like, get I'm to asking the, for a friend, but you know they're asking for themselves. Asking for a friend, yes. or even to the point where they did say, you know, something in small group, and then I feel like what I ran into more than anything else is then like immediate aggression from the from the person, like yeah, and they just react in aggression of like. Well, you. What are you going to do with this? Like, I'm not. I'm. I was just. I'm thinking about it. I'm not talking about this. And mm-hmm. um, it can be very um, hard to how hard to walk through that when they're just getting yeah. so aggressive. Like, okay, because uh, of course, first thing that's going through my mind is like, do I call the cops now? Like, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because yeah, like, of the circumstances. Yeah, like, right, right, when right. do I? When do I call the? When do I call parents? Like, I, and, and yeah. maybe you could answer that question from a, a counselor's perspective. When do we? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if I have a client, and, and even beforehand, um, when I'm talking over confidentiality, um, this is one right. Of the so this things. is minors, okay? Yeah, this mm-hmm. obvious well, point. For, yeah, for minors. Um, whenever I'm talking about confidentiality, I, I tell them, and I also tell adults this: like there are only some things that you can breach confidentiality for, um, and yeah. and, what, and the, some of those is if you're planning on or talking about harming yourself mm. or harming others um, or or things involving minors. Um, then there's a, a responsibility for us to report. Um, but I always make sure to tell clients if it's mm-hmm. going down that road, mm. please communicate the, the steps yeah. to them. So yeah. if you have a kid that is just like, what are you going to do? You're going to call the cops. Or are you going to do all that kind of stuff? Yeah. Say, no, we're having this conversation right now. Um, and there will probably be somebody that we have to tell, like I'm responsible mm-hmm. for it and, right. and we need to do that. But I don't want this to escalate. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to get to the point where we need to call emergency services. You don't want that. I don't want that. Yeah. Like nobody wants that. And if it ever gets to that point, I'm going to let you know. And before warned that we're headed that direction. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So you get the next step so that again, it's just communicating. Clarity. Expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And also it makes it, they're not getting anything unexpected from you. So they can still, in some ways, they can still trust you. Like, right. okay, you don't breach the you trust. You told me you were going to do this. Even if they do get upset, you explained right. where we were going in this process. Yeah. Okay, that's really helpful. Exactly. I think the, and in addition to that is, um, I I've was meeting with a parent this week, unfortunately, on this topic with one of her kids. And one of the suggestions I gave up front was, you need to do everything you can to make sure you're, you're de-shaming and defusing whatever strong emotion your student has, because mm. if you go into it with, well, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this can't happen kind of to the point, like you're saying there, when you are at a space in the conversation where you know, you're going to have to report by communicating what you need to do. One of the things it does for the listener to the person who's been open and vulnerable with you is it, I think it does help defuse mm-hmm. the concern that they already have. Yeah. Most People, depending on the age of their older, will know that eventually you have to say something specifically if you've already told them. So it needs to be one of our primary goals is to defuse, yeah. to de-shame specifically the situation because they're already, they, well, we already know that we are a greatest shaming agent. And yeah. so if we as um, support can be de-shaming and defusing, then that in itself is kind of a win. So let's, obviously we're not going to the nth degree with all this. We're hitting some major touch points. So I, I just wanted oh, to, to say with all of that, um, 
so much can be prevented um, and, and de-escalated by just naming what's in the room. Mm. If somebody, so what's the elephant in the room? Type yeah, thing? If yeah. Somebody is angry at you because you're bringing this up. Wow. You're really angry that mm. I brought this up. What's that all about? Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit more mm. about that. Um, and then you can, you can go a little bit deeper and hear more of their concerns. Well, I'm, I'm angry. I'm upset because I don't want you to tell my parents. Yeah. Well, let me explain to you why I would have to tell your parents. Hmm. And this doesn't necessarily mean that anything is going to change with your parents. There's different levels to suicidality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You might have some thoughts about dying, but not have a plan. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have a plan and there are going to be some more things that we have to work on or things. So just tell me where you're at and we're going to be able to to help you. And, And it's okay. People have this. Yeah. Wow, that's that's good. That, and that is de-shaming exactly right there. That's good. That's good. So Aaron and I, well, really Aaron had a very interesting situation happen about a month ago, maybe a little bit less. Mm-hmm. And we've chatted about it several times with a, a, a student who gave us some pretty big red flags and some alarms. And mm-hmm. I know that the mm-hmm. reaction that we both had, although let's just be real. We've had tons of conversations. I've had hundreds of these conversations with students. Mm-hmm. It's not my first rodeo. However, I, st- we both went to what panic. Yeah. We freaked out together going, Oh my gosh, who is it? What is it? What happened? Because it was completely anonymous. We, we had didn't no know idea. who it was. They, yeah. We didn't know who it was. Oh, it yeah. was a canned number. It was, it was a fake number. And, um, if this person's listening to this right now, we still want to talk to you. We love yeah, you. Yeah. We love you and support yeah. you. I love you. Um, but it was, it was hard in that situation because, um, it escalated so quickly. Because it was um, framed in a question like I I can't even tell you how many times I've had someone ask me questions of like um, what's what is what's the trip scripture teach about suicide yeah. and yeah. that's kind of and that's know. how it was framed and then yeah. it accelerated very quickly of um, so you're saying if I don't go to hell for this et cetera et cetera then I mm. I'm good to go and I, that's where it was yeah. it was, was never like anything thing I've experienced because most times I've gotten like I've gotten the Instagram messages at like two a.m. that's like hey what do I do about suicidal thoughts but I know your name. I yeah. know, I know your parents. I know how to get a hold of you. I have your cell phone number. I have anything to get a hold of you. This one was just felt so. Ooh, it's, I mean, it's a unique situation, but out oh of my, my gosh. And we were, we were, cause like, and I was I so stressful and because I'm in a new church too. I was like, not a lot of people have my phone number. So it was, it was, it was terrifying. It was very terrifying. Yeah. So I think wow. the first reaction that I, I could have, but I'm, I'm think, trying to put my mind in say in the space of a parent or a teacher or anyone who loves other people and they experience somebody who's having these conversations with themselves or even verbalizing it. Panic has to like instantly take over. Yeah. So it's easy to say, okay, let's have a conversation. I think it's even easier in some ways to say, to get them to talk and then maybe mm-hmm. how we can get to the person to talk. How, what's some advice that we could give to the person who is trying to be a support, who's naturally panicking? Cause if I'm a parent and my kid says that to me, I'm in pure freak out mode. Yeah. Like I, I this is my treasure huh. and my treasure is thinking. So bringing panic to the situation yeah. is not going to help <laughs> it. It's sure not diffusing it. What's some suggestions or advice or thoughts that we might have about helping the person who wants to help, but mm. is panicking themselves. Yeah. Well, in that moment, like panic, of course, makes sense. You sure want let's get rid of these feelings that are uncomfortable and get rid of them fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. True. Like oof. But like we've talked about on here before, like the way it's not getting past something, you're not scooting around the situation. Right. You mm-hmm. gotta go. You gotta walk through it. Mm-hmm. And really, there's no hurry. You're sitting here. the The person who is maybe experiencing this is uh, right in front of you. They're not mm-hmm. able right. to commit suicide in that mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They're right in front of you. That's a great point. Yeah. That's you're a not great in a point. hurry. You're, Ooh, that's you're so able to, so mm-hmm. take a breath, calm down, settle in, sit down, mm. um, change your body language to non-threatening. A lot of times our body language, are, are you, are you thinking about committing suicide? Are you, are yeah. you, are you, are you doing, oh no. And as you guys hear <laughs> that, you probably can picture not just what his face is doing, but his hands are fake yeah. in like jazz hands. Like, Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. or just like a lot of times, like, I'm Wide guy, eyed, I'm six like, foot four. Yeah. Like if I'm like that, I'm standing above the person. <laughs> it's like, no, don't do it. And yeah. like, oh, that's not going to make anyone feel comfortable. Um, right. So like for me, sit down, let's settle in. We're not in a hurry. I'm not going to call mm-hmm. your parents right now. Mm-hmm. That that can come maybe later after we talk about this, but that there's no need for me to immediately call your parents. 
I'm not calling emergency services right now. Right. Let's talk about this. I just want to hear about your experience. Mm. Yeah. What I like about that is it's a two-step thing for, say, even Aaron and I, um, or a parent or a teacher. It, we are we're actually making two commitments. One is that we are going to mm. start a conversation with them. Mm-hmm. But I think the next thing, and then not to jump too far ahead, Daniel, because I know you have some solutions or solution management specific I, thoughts for us, but you also need to verbally commit that you are in it for the long haul with them. Yeah. You're going to walk with and them. And that is, yeah. that may and should probably include, I'm, I'm a big component of Jesus plus a counselor is the best combination. That is a verbal commitment for the long haul, including maybe driving them, taking them. If you're the youth pastor, helping them set up the appointment in some way. Of course, that has to go through a parent. But if it's a, not a, if it's not an adult, if it's a student, mm-hmm. it. It's a verbal commitment. I think you need to make that verbal commitment mm-hmm. to them so they know that they got you on their and they know that that verbal commitment includes I'm not going to panic the next time you tell me. Yeah. I'm still going to be the person that is there for you. I just think that sometimes mm-hmm. it's easy to gloss over that that okay, I'm here. It isn't I guess this is what I'm trying to suggest. The verbal commitment is that this is not a one-time conversation. Mm-hmm. I'm going to check in with you. I'm not there to shame you, but because I care enough, I'm just going to I'm still going to ask. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I was thinking of, um, this is a major leadership principle in general, but most certainly applies to this topic, is that there is no better time to have the conversation than now. There's, I would say there's no easier oh, yeah. time than now. Yeah, for, bringing it up a second time is a lot harder than bringing yeah, it up Well, first. bringing it up yeah. later, yeah. you know, you you as the person who is in the know, now festers over it for a while, that doesn't help. It brings more panic to you. There's no better time. You know, procrastination is it's fine and dandy. I'm a, the king of procrastination. This is not something that's permittable. Oh, and it's no better time than now because there are TV shows talking about it. There, yep. I mean, yeah. all the kids are talking about it. Yeah, there, every sphere of influence, mm-hmm. this comes up. Um, it's so, a household mm-hmm. word now. It's a household word. So, yeah, that and sex, like, talk about it. Like, yeah. <laughs> what uh, what advice would you give for? Because I feel like the our world's getting more and more digital. And we saw this this last year with 2020 mm-hmm. and then uh, with COVID. And then also this, like most of the conversations I have had about this actually have been more digital because I've moved a lot and I've yeah. actually been in a lot of different situations. Um, how do you encourage to handle those conversations? Not everyone's obviously going to have an anonymous conversation where it's like, Oh boy. But like, what do you encourage digitally? Because sometimes it's really difficult to have those conversations, especially when it feels like, they're not willing to talk on the phone. They're not willing to maybe meet you in person or maybe you can't meet in person because the person's in Timbuktu and you're. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're unwilling to do FaceTime or talk on the phone or other stuff, if you know where they are mm-hmm. um, and it's appropriate, um, go there mm. um, if you can. Yeah. Like that would always be better. But if you're limited to to just text, yeah, I mean, just you got to work with what you got. Yeah. Right. Um, it's not off optimal but nothing about right. the situation mm-hmm. is um but there are some like tools online too that that you can use um i have this app pulled up um it's called my three uh, i've had a hard time finding it on the app store lately so i hope that they didn't get rid of it because it's a really great resource um so hopefully the, um, they've kept it around um but it, it is uh, an ability to my three support network yeah my three support network that's okay. great um yeah, it's going to have um, like a, a teal blue and a yellow dots going on the bottom. It's my, which is bolted into the le- the number three, not mm-hmm. spelled out to the number three. Mm-hmm. And we are currently yeah. downloading it right now, I aren't am. we, Aaron? <laughs> Let's get these resources. Yeah. It's, it's, be, it's my, me the support we need to be. And it is, it is three, like the symbol, not the spelled out version. Yeah, correct. And, and it, it, what stings about this app, though, is it's so slow to load and everything. But, um, but be patient, is, listeners. Yeah, be, be very patient with it. Um, but what's great about it is that um, on the home, um, it has a, a you can call 911 or um, there's Get Help Now called National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Mm. Um, and, and if you um, are having a hard time walking someone through it via text, you need a little support. Call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. They can give you some advice. Um, In lifetime, they'll sit and talk to you. How do I text through this? I have a a student who's talking to me about this. They'll help you out with that. That's Um, really helpful. I never thought about that. Because when I called the non-emergency, and 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 whoever it was ended up blocking me or whatever happened. Um, But it was... It was hard to figure out how to get a hold of them because I called the non-emergency line and yep. they 
really didn't care. Like, honestly, I was like, they're like, oh, so it's not an emergency. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's kind of an emergency to me. But, like, <laughs> they, they didn't want to help. That's helpful. So, because yeah. I assumed, honestly, so this is actually a really good resource for parents, youth workers, whatever, to call that line and ask for advice. Because I never thought of that. I figured, like, that was only if you were. If you were experiencing yourself, right? Yeah. yeah. I never would have thought of that. Yeah. Wow. So, give them a call. They'll, they'll help you out. Um, and then there's also this thing on there called a safety plan. Okay. Um, and even you can walk through a safety plan with somebody, even if they're not necessarily filling it out themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but safety planning can't come until you you find the why, uh, uh, why to live, huh. um, kind of a, a situation. Uh, mm-hmm. And and that's why I want to stress, like, buckle in, just be okay, sitting there in the conversation, because mm-hmm. it might take a little while to get uh. there. Um, but if they're in front of you, just talk over them, talk over the situation, uh, what's kind of going on, what they learn about the situation. I don't have any um, reason to live anymore. Um, I'm in debt um, and I can't pay for anything. Mm. I'm going to be homeless. There's this crisis or something like that. Um, or, oh, well, have you have you thought of, of about suicide in the past? Uh, yeah, I, I have thought about it in the past. Oh, man. What? uh well, good, good job. Like, how are you still alive? Mm-hmm. What's kept you? Ooh, I love the positive reinforcement there. What? What's... Can you say that again? That was I, I, I wasn't expecting that. No, at all. I was no. like, Ooh, what a switch notch in the conversation. Like, my spirit lifted listening to you. It's just the fact that you're still here. Hmm. Is that there's a reason you haven't um, done this yet? Would you affirm that they're having the conversation with you? Is that is that like is that because that's something I did I've done in the past of like. This is really yeah. good that we're talking about this right now. Is that right. an appropriate thing to do yeah. with this uh, with the students in yeah, particular? Yeah, affirm this is like this is a hard conversation to have. Like you're being very brave right now to like yeah. talk to me about this. Like um, usually, I'm sure somebody would freak out about this, but I mm. want to let you know that like uh, I'm totally comfortable right now with, with you talking about this, and I'm just like honestly really thankful that you are. Um, so thank you for talking to me about yeah. this. Like that's really something uh, that I appreciate. That's um, awesome. Yeah. What what's kind of what what's kind of kept you alive? Mm. Um, oh well, I I can't because uh, I have this cat and this cat's my world. And huh. um, what would happen to a cat if that? Yeah. What would happen to your cat? And just kind of going off of whatever they're going off of. Uh, I mean, people mm. will always. Um, drop if you talk long enough there will be some some sort of glimmer of hope huh. some sort of reason yeah um and you can't start safety planning until you sort of get there huh mm. see i am a very tactile person so i'm immediately like okay we've got to figure out how Let's to fix, fix this now <laughs> right. and yeah. that's yes. that's and, and and sometimes it's because like okay i have maybe it's i do have stuff to get to and i get tactile and that's a problem within me but like i also i'm i'm you are a two on the Enneagram as well, Daniel. Yeah. I, I for me, I'm always like, I gotta help them now. And if right. I can help them now, their life can be better in like five minutes. Like, I don't know. That's very right. Maybe that's what's, the wing three in me. What's know. interesting <laughs> about this is that um there are problem focused leaders and there are solutions focused leaders. We mm-hmm. need to be solutions focused leaders, but solutions focused leaders are only solutions focused because they actually have already identified the problem. Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing is that suicide is actually not the core problem yeah. it is the symptom of a problem that's right and so you have to figure out what the, what the problem is not the symptom of the problem mm-hmm. if we are healing the symptom we're not healing the problem it's yeah. in the same way that um anxiety uh depression any addiction uh, i'm sure it as well well or, or even just like all these other side emotions yeah. Uh, yeah just like um like you're frustrated well that's actually anger mm. uh that's coming out sideways mm. or, or something like that so i mean um and yes, it is also mental illness related. So like, there's not necessarily a root cause. Sometimes it can yeah. just be like a, a genetic thing, something that happens. Yeah, that and that's. I think that's something that's hard for me to always know how to navigate because yeah. I always feel like there has to be a spiritual solution and a problem at the core of this, which I think yep. that's very true about the symptom because there is that in elements. But like, because like we had talked about uh, addiction to porn or addiction yep. to you know, name it. I mean, there's so many things that we like, okay, that's the filler, you know, it's a cover. It's a cover. I mean, yes, there's other things. There's insecurities There's shame. There's other factors going on in your life that are making you need that now. So here's something you said there, Aaron, is a we, I'm taking a weird turn here for a second and we'll come back to the solution side of it. But I think one of the big questions that is very present 
like the elephant in the room when it comes to how to support others is what does the Bible actually say? Yeah. And I, th- I would like to take just a couple of minutes. And yes, everyone listening, this is going to be a little bit longer podcast, but make sure you listen to the end because we're going well, to be giving subject. you some solutions, yeah. mm-hmm. um, at least some basic solution topics at the end here. Um, but I would like to take just a couple of minutes and talk about what the Bible has to say about suicide. And I just spoke at our high school ministry night um, recently on this subject of First Kings chapter 18 and 19 with Elijah. Mm-hmm. And Elijah literally says to God, and verse three of chapter nineteen, kill me. Yeah. yeah. Take my life. So we mm-hmm. actually have a biblical example of somebody just like the person that you love. Mm-hmm. By the way, this was a, a, a new, if you are a Christian and you've been a Christian for any short period of time, you probably have heard of the name Elijah. Elijah is famous, not infamous. He's famous. And yet he, of all people, found himself asking this exact same question mm-hmm. and going straight to God and saying, God, why haven't you just taken my life yet? And what's interesting is we actually see Elijah when he says this, he is actively trying. You don't notice yes. that because he went yeah. to yeah. the wilderness. Who took mm-hmm. him to the wilderness? Himself. Mm-hmm. And when he went to the wilderness, he has absolutely no basic necessities yeah so much so yeah. that god had to take and uh, had to his way chose a raven mm-hmm. a scary bird in my opinion okay i hate ravens See, i know what the heck <laughs> actually i don't really don't know the difference between a raven and a crow but that doesn't matter they're anyways. all scary but that's what god used to bring him the mm-hmm. most basic needs it's actually considered crumbs is what the raven brings yeah. and like so we have this passage in first kings chapter 18 and 19 18 was one of the most incredible victorious moments in all of the old testament like the rival would, in my opinion, would probably be Moses. Moses might be the Trump. And then the second place, most victorious thing would be Elijah would do what he just did at the altar with um, a bull, right? Mm-hmm. And God brought the fire down. And then you just should, yeah. moments later, like that's the thing. Like things can switch that quickly. So what I think would be interesting is to analyze just really quick. I'm sorry you guys are getting into the, the, the Bible nerdiness of me, but if you analyze what happens in chapter 19, the second half of chapter 19, which if you are a high school student in one of our ministries, you have not heard this section of it. The last half of chapter 19 is when Jesus takes Elijah to a cave. Mm-hmm. So he, here's the storyline. You have incredible moment, and then Jezebel, the evil queen, is ready to come kill him. And he runs, and he's angry with God, angry with his life. God, I just did everything. I just hit the pinnacle of success. Why is it now I feel this horrible emotion? Mm-hmm. And he asked for God to take his life. Not only that, but he actually does everything he can where it's guaranteed that he's going to die in the wilderness without water and food. He was going to die. He did it on purpose. And then God comes and saves the day. But then right after that, God takes him to a cave. God did not take him back to his comfort place. That was not mm-hmm. the first step that God did. And to your point, Aaron, about... It's so easy to want to help him right away. Mm-hmm. That was not what he needed. God mm-hmm. taught him how to depend on him when he had nothing left. Yeah. And we need to help guide, not, and I'm sure that Daniel is going to phrase all this so much better than me, but biblically speaking, this past, this, this passage teaches us what God's approach to this is. Mm-hmm. He may take the most broken individual and he, his first action may not be to take them out of it. Oh, yeah. And that didn't. Definitely did not define Elijah. No, yeah. it like, didn't. Elijah not, thought it was, but yeah. God takes him and he says, wait for me. You'll mm-hmm. hear me. What happens? A huge thunder happens. Mm-hmm. Earthquake happens. But what did, what was the voice of God in Elijah's life that brought for the purpose and the meaning of why it was, why his life was worth living? Yeah. What was it? It came in the whisper, the mm-hmm. whisper. And, what was mm-hmm. so beautiful about the whisper, if you compare it to the other three options, it's the calming one. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't fast solutions. It took time. It was, that's why it's the yeah. long haul. But like, what's the biblical reference? It, it doesn't tell uh-huh. us if it's a sin or not. That wasn't the point. Yeah. That's not even the question. We shouldn't be considering if it's a sin or not. Because that's like going, okay, that's almost def- well, that's a consumer. That's, that's consumeristic. Uh, American is. society of like, okay, we have to define everything. We have to, is it a sin? Is it this thing? Is it that? Yeah. And, that's I've never heard of someone saying it as it was the calming voice. It is. It's the calming voice that it's brought. Still. And then after that, uh, Elijah becomes the Elijah that we ultimately know. Because we always heard be, a still small voice. But like, that's so yeah. beautiful and but scriptural, but him, calm voice. He never took uh. him out of the wilderness until mm-hmm. the calming came. Mm. So just 
jacking them out of the situation may not be the first solution. Now, depending on the circumstances, of course, but that's not the overall goal. And and it isn't a pretty ending, though, too. No, it's not. Because right. uh, Elijah is still, even after this, like, okay, I'm cool cool living and stuff. But he's like, but I'm done. Yep. Let's find Okay, this Elisha kid. All right, yeah. whatever. Yep. He, he can have it. I'm going on. All right, see you later. <laughs> I'm yeah. out of this. I am not yeah. going back to Jezebel. It's still, it's put this way. Elijah, after finding his newfound purpose by getting close to God, it still was incredibly messy. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. as we think about solutions and transitions, so that was like some basic scriptural references. And we can, again, I don't think that the topic really is, warrants determining if it's a sin mm-hmm. or not. That is yeah. a deep theological conversation for another day. And maybe we could talk about that sometime, but we're not yeah. going to be able to give you definitive answers anyways. But to learn from this as a, from strategy, what should our strategy be? I know that for me, when I think about solutions, I think angle. Mm-hmm. What if there isn't an angle? Like the angle is like, we're, we're going to prevent it. Well, of course that's our goal. But like, if I have to figure that out in three months, I'm possibly wasting my time mm-hmm. as well. It's almost, we don't know how long God kept him in the cave. We don't know how long he stayed out in the stinking wilderness living off of ravens. Yeah. Like the most despair moment of his life. How long did he live in the most despair? We don't know. But God never left him. God mm-hmm. never gave up. He let him stay there if that was where the lad you wanted to be. And unfortunately, we don't even know the end story to know if he ever got out of it. Yeah. Well, eventually he gets taken he up gets by chariots of fire. Well, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but think but about that the whole. Shows, that shows, still shows that you can be in a mess and still be taken by chariots of fire. I mean, that's right. that's pretty, it's pretty incredible. incredible. Yeah, and it gets to be in the transfiguration the, in the New Testament, and yeah, it's just beautiful. So I, I even him, even he can be broken. What I thought yes. was kind of interesting about all that—that's that's good. Was um like finding that that glimmer of hope, like what we talked about. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to die so much, why not just stay and uh, let Jezebel do it? Yeah. Interesting. That's so. Oh yes. Uh, How did I miss that? He ran from the obvious death. Interesting. He ran from the the guaranteed. Interesting because there's still ah that's so there's still something there that he knows. So listen to that. That matters more. That he he needs to be faithful to. Um, he's not going to make it easy. That's a mic drop. Somewhat like Mm -hmm. resentful and bitter, and isn't going to be necessarily the prettiest person for the rest of that story because he's not. Yeah, like Elisha's no, he's not. super excited to follow him, and he doesn't give Elisha a lick of time. Like, he's like whatever. <laughs> Worst supervisor ever. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Worst mentor. Not wow. a great leader. Um, no, not but, a shining moment for certain. But there was something there. There's still yes. there was still faith. Yeah. Um and and meaning for his life. Um and he mm. knew it. He mm. knew it. It's mm-hmm. so good. Okay, so I know that you've brought some. Um, because I've taken this conversation all the places. It's been no, really good. It's good. I know you've brought some some notes here, Daniel, this kind of lead us a little bit with some solutions management is where I'm calling it. Uh, it's better called phrasing. safety planning. Safety yeah. planning. That's I, what, like I that knew he had a word. I could not get my mind off of solutions. Yeah. This is called we try to stay away from solutions and counseling because that that's why people sense. come in. They want a quick fix. They want a solution and stuff. Ooh, there, you there, there you go. There we go. We need trying to find solutions right now. We don't need solutions. We need safety plans. Okay. I remember safety management. Well, um, if if you're just needing more information, if you're you're curious about learning more, um, go to indianasuicideprevention.org, and there are all these resources on there for this. So we say that again. This way we can write it down. Indianasuicideprevention.org. Okay. Um, it will have things on national suicide prevention, um, mm. things uh, in Indiana. So Indiana specific suicide prevention hotlines. If you want to, if you are in Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. And other states, if you're in another state listening, um, has this too. I uh, Oregon, I know for sure had this. Um, they have mental health programs. Uh, there's treatment centers, uh, therapists and counselors listed on here as well. Um, and it even shows you how to develop a suicide prevention framework plan or program. Mm. Um, so there are a lot of really great things. And then also if it's really bad and you don't want to call – um, emergency services, but you need somewhere safe. There are crisis centers that you can yeah. um, take okay. people to if they're if they're willing, or you can go to yourself. Um, so, 
that uh, that is a great resource um, as well as that my three um, but eventually like there's a safety plan uh, that you kind of put in place um, after somebody has like the reason to live um, just kind of walking through a safety plan so that you are on the same page with, with this person and then also mm. if you're able to work the safety plan then you have something that you can hand parents yeah yeah um, something that you can um, hand other people that might be this, uh, mm. connected as friends, roommates, other things like that. Um, so part of a safety plan, and this goes for, um, suicide, um, self-harm. Um, it, it can be useful for, for many things like that. Um, so you want to think about like, what are three warning signs that mm. I'm starting to think about this, that where I'm going to go is not necessarily going to be a safe place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are, are three things that um, I notice when I am alone after uh, my wife has gone to work, mm-hmm. um, then mm. I, then I start thinking about suicide more. Mm. Um, so what are your warning signs? Then that helps you to know uh, once, once you know the warning signs, okay, if that's when that happens, when, when those warning signs, when they go off, um, let's figure out some distractions. What are three things that you can do to distract mm. yourself? Well, mm. I really, okay, well, um, my wife goes, and I really enjoy playing Animal Crossing. I'm going to just log on okay. to Animal Crossing okay. and, and do that. Or uh, I'm going to um, knit or whatever yeah. it is for this client. Or I love individual. how we jumped to knit. Like, I, mean, I, I mean, that's know. what right. I do when that's I'm me. stressed. I love it. There are people that that would be a distraction. Yeah, um, I would. I would just be in my head even more if I was doing that. <laughs> that's what I was um, like, oh, like, man, that's that would be miserable. my source of anxiety Ooh, for me. Man, right. okay, I can't do crafts, So, so no, there's coping all. strategies that, with that. So some three distractions, um, and then um, name three places. Okay, huh. maybe you need to get out of that environment entirely. Oh, that's good. Um, go over to the local coffee shop. Yeah. Um, go over to the park mm. and walk around, um, go over to those sort of things. Um, and keep it in mind with like, uh, warning signs. If somebody's like, Oh, one of my, my triggers is, is water. Cause that's how mm. I, I've been thinking about it. Well, don't go to the park with the lake. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. That's really interesting because like in some ways you, when you're saying the word, yes, of course there's the acknowledgement of that, but I like the safety plan of like, intentionally not putting yourself in a situation that could harm you more with the water. I didn't think of it that way. Like, yeah. don't add, yeah, don't allow your solution to be your problem. I'm glad you're here. Cause you're the expert. I, I I never, I never After that, that. Um, who's your network? Yeah. Mm. The, uh, three people that, um, you're fine calling. Oh man, this. I'm really feeling, uh, this again. I'm not feeling the best. Uh, I'm going to call Jeremy. I'm going to call Aaron. Uh, I'm going to let them know. I'm going to name it because mm-hmm. uh, they've already been informed on this. Uh, they already know all this mm-hmm. language and stuff. They know that I'm going through this. There'll be somebody that is super willing to hear me out right now um, and remind me a little bit about my why or, or other things uh, that we've already talked about. Mm. Um, and then another thing that's really good for safety plan is if there are any, if you're living with somebody um, and they're safety planning, what are the the ways that they have thought about mm. suicide? Um, remove anything that you can. Ah, um, uh, yeah, right. It makes okay. sense. Like if you have, for example, guns in your home, take the darn things apart, yeah. get them out of yeah. the house, get them out of the house, yeah, or make sure that they're locked in a safe that they don't know yeah. about. Um, practice as much gun safety as you can with that, uh, but make it so that that is not an option. That is uh, one of the highest um, tools. Yeah, so it's like if you're having a baby, it's your first baby, you baby poof the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, you wouldn't necessarily, that wouldn't be my first thought. I mean, like, go get talking to somebody. Like, no, also do take care of the measures out of your home. Medication. Make sure that medication yeah. is not. Um, and that's an easy one to get sloppy oh, with because, like, it's my medicine. I wouldn't, yeah, because that's an easy yeah. one to It's not. just Tylenol. No, it's yeah. not just Tylenol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oof. Knives in the kitchen. Mm. Uh, make sure that your kids don't aren't accessible to, to knives. So they can walk into every room and just think about the room. Take uh-huh. the time. But there are also going to be some things that like, okay, if I can't use the gun, a client sometimes will just be like, well, that is the one thing. And a knife isn't necessarily yeah. a threat for them because they're just like, oh, that, sounds, that sounds messy. And I don't want to, to do it yeah. that way. A gun is cleaner for some reason or yeah. other things like that. If you take away... Um, one of the things uh, that uh, they're thinking about, 
it, it makes the prevention even more because that's the only thing that they've been thinking about a lot of times. That makes sense. You're you're breaking. You're literally breaking the the pattern for them. Almost. Right. It, it it just interrupts that cycle. Interrupts. Yeah. Um. And mm. for the triggers and everything. So if that's not an option, they're not necessarily going to go for the medicine cabinet. Mm-hmm. Um. Because mm. they might not. They're like, well, that doesn't sound enjoyable. I'm already in enough pain. I don't want to have to deal with the pain for that, too. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it just takes talking about a little bit. Okay. Well, have you ever thought about suicide? Oh, okay. You have. How, well, how are some ways that you've kind of thought about it, like uh, of of attempting, mm. or or mm. what are ways that you attempted in the past? Yeah, you got to figure out that information before mm. you can, you know, mm-hmm. create same safety measures around them. So, and then uh, on that safety plan, just write down again, the reason to live, um, mm. just yeah. a reminder for everybody, um, for them. And so the safety plan should be, um, passed out to the parents. Okay. If you can make yep. it during that, um, or, uh, if, or the people that are in their network, if it's, yeah. a, if it's not a minor, um, I and, like and, how you included that there's a, you are bringing a team around them. You talked about yeah. the team around them. You're now taking the safety plan to the team around them. And mm-hmm. it's and it makes it spreads it out. Uh, mm. It's not all on you. Yeah, because mm. a lot of times that's going to be hard. This isn't something that's going to go away necessarily. Like it, it's maybe ebbs and flows in, in different seasons. But if it's a particularly rough season, you're not available all the time, Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. You're not available, Aaron. Like mm-hmm. you have how many other students? You have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of things. You can be available every now and then, but it's just better to, okay, oh, I tried calling Aaron. Um, now I'm just going to go down on my next list. I'm going to call grandma. It's mm. mm. good. Uh, and if all of those don't work, you know what always will is National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Yeah. Let's put yep. them on the, on the network. Um, they'll have somebody there. So I have a question uh, that I think – is it's attention I always run into is referral. When to refer, when to mm. have these conversations. Because when you know that it's over your head. Because I know that there's a lot of these convert. I know specifically at my place of employment that I think that there's, there's a line of where my insurance does not cover me. This is just practical Yeah. of like when, what's appropriate conversation to have? When do you refer? Because I know that like I, as much as I would love, to, is it appropriate for me? And this is what I want to know. Cause like, honestly, this is just curious is it appropriate for me to make the plan or is it, or do I contact, have them contact? A, uh, Cause I obviously they probably need to contact themselves, show ownership of it. But like, when do you refer or is this appropriate for a youth pastor to, or a parent to make the plan? Or I don't know if like, you know, I've yeah, never, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? Do you, you're not feeling qualified necessarily. When am I, well, <laughs> I know that well, well, specifically in college, I know that I was told in youth ministry classes, there's a, the, the guy who always beat into mm-hmm. my head is like, there. It, you are not a counselor. You are. You can be a spiritual mentor. You can be a support system. You yeah. can encourage that. But um, he's like, unless you get a counseling degree, you're not a counselor. And, right. And so he's like, you can offer spiritual mentorship and stuff like that. So like when it comes to something as vital right. as this, when do we like make if sure? If there's ever a safety plan involved, you can help them kind of go through it and okay. get familiar with it before a counselor. Um, but you still, you need to send that on and, and mm-hmm. work through it with a counselor afterwards with okay. it. So you can get started on it and then the counselor will be just like, okay, well that's not okay. necessarily how it goes or kind of refine it a little they bit. They can correct it as needed uh, or, or, yeah, or I, refine. Yeah. Okay. I, I just think that, yes, it would be better, um, for professionals to be able to do it, but I don't want it to just be something that only professionals can do Sure. when you have this opportunity in front of you yeah. to get started, take it. Yep. Okay. Like, um, mm-hmm. that's good. And that's, that's as good long affirmation. As, you're not, as long as you're not doing more harm. Mm. Right. I think that's helpful for me. Cause I think a lot of times I get panic mode personally yep. of like, is this even my conversation to have with you? Like, I know I can be here for a point in time, but like, do I, what do I do with you now? Like, and that, and I think that can almost pull away from my even pastoral ability. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm like, worried about the legal things. Am yeah. I doing this the way that I should? And there are they getting the benefits that they should out of this? So like, well, that's the thing that app, my, my three, it has a safety plan on there. Mm-hmm. Um, awesome. So that means that it's something accessible to anyone. Accessible okay. to anyone. You that's don't good. have to be a counselor in order to go through the safety plan. Okay. Um, and, but what's great about that app is you can email that. 
mm-hmm. safety plan to everybody mm-hmm. from the app specifically That's really and um, email it to the counselor um, so that they have it on file and then they can work through it. They can work specifically more on the, the warning signs, the triggers, um, other other sort of things, grief involved with it if they're thinking suicide because of, of loss of yeah. somebody or something. I, I think the ant- I guess summary of what we just said to that question, because I think that's a really good question, Aaron, is that it doesn't take a counselor, but a counselor is an incredible aid. Yeah. It's not a requirement. It's like, when am I required to do it? Like, when do I get out of my hands? What your professor is saying, don't be more than you are mm-hmm. and don't try to think that you are a counselor. That's yeah. a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Parents, I say all that because... I think that's a tension we all live in and why the conversation doesn't happen with people is because we think we're not supposed to have it or we're not capable of the most important thing that we all need to remember when we find somebody in this situation, we are there to support somebody. The most important thing to do is to be present. It's Mm -hmm, just to be there for them. So although that's a very fair concern, don't allow that to be such a big concern Mm -hmm. that you think your first job is to pass them off. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. That is not yeah. the first job is to literally just be there for them. Somebody's got a big gash on their leg. Um, mm-hmm. That's like being like, okay, well, I can't give you a tourniquet because I'm yeah. not a. We'll give it to someone else, right? Or yeah. something, or mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I I gave you the tourniquet. Oh, you still reading? I'm not going to give you CPR. Sorry. I will say though, it's I think I think it's an important question to ask because I've had on multiple occasions with employers, not necessarily my current two employers, um, or even, um, but uh, it is you are not allowed to to a degree. There was a conversation of like mm. a legal side of it. A so liability. Like, there's a liability. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. said, please do not act this way because yeah. you will put us on the line, whatever on the line. So there's that automatically insecurity. That, the liability to that is yeah. not, not the actions of going mm-hmm. through the safety plan. It's doing that without reporting it to the people that are professionals. Oh, that's that helpful. Yeah. To have it reported. Um, this is you are under liability if something like this and you're a mandatory reporter you're under liability until you pass it on to the next, like yeah. the next superior, yeah. the supervisor. Exactly. Right. So I think that at what point do you start talking? I think it's yeah. huge. When, when's the point of referral? Yeah. yeah. But the referral yeah. is not passing them off, I yeah. guess is where I'm going. It's a huge question. And one that I think you just need to be in conversations with mm-hmm. some le- legality people. Like mm-hmm. here at Grace specifically, we have constantly have at least three officers on site. And when I have major conversations like this, I immediately go to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's the very first step. I'm beyond blessed and spoiled with that as a pastor, because I, I do do the immediate referral, but I know that's not the end, mm-hmm. right. but it is. It, well, it should be if you're, if your first goal is world, to, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer. I'm a counselor. So, well, yeah. and then with, yes, yeah. <laughs> great point. Thank you. Yeah. Daniel, Daniel is not suggesting that he knows all that part, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I do I love the question because it's a tension world that I don't think it's just pastors. I do think parents live in that world too. Yeah. Teachers, coaches, friends, what do we do next? And that not knowing what to do next is because I think that quest, that tension is not, how do I get them to talk? Yeah. The question no. is, I, I want to make sure they get the help they need. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I love the question. I think it's mm-hmm. an important question that we do admit on this podcast that we don't have the perfect answer to, but it's a question you should be asking, who is it I need to go talk to? And several of those people could be law enforcement. It could definitely, and I think Daniel, you've mentioned this like three or four times, call the national hotline, call the suicide hotline. That is the resource you can go to always. If they don't have a counselor in their life, there's not a counselor to go to. You can't Mm -hmm. sign them up. That's a parent thing, specifically if they're well, yeah, adolescent. And, you cannot do it. And I think that it's important. Um, the counselors I know that we have within the um, E91 where I work now, they say, no, you don't contact the counselor for them. Yeah. You give help, you give the parent or give Resources it to the student. And, and so they have some sort of ownership over. And, of yes. course, you can prep the counselor or whatever. You can't force anyone to go to no, it's right? And it's good if they right. start taking ownership over that. But I just figured that would be an interesting tension because I remember being it beat is. over my head of – and it was a. It became very hard for me to like navigate that of like that insecurity. But that's really helpful. That's, no, that's a really yeah. good question. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference between care and there's. I, there, I think there is a difference between care and support too. Mm-hmm. You can be the caring individual, but you may not truly be able to support them long term. Yeah. So your commitment is to while you're caring for them as a loved one, you're getting them the additional support that they need. Absolutely. And I think to 
without being a lawyer-based statement because, gosh, it's not sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. If you feel that attention, yeah. just go, just, just, just contact somebody. If you're a leader from an organization, I want to throw this out there. Um, there are free suicide prevention and intervention trainings mm-hmm. out there. Oh, yes. And if they're not free, you still should pay for it for your entire staff. Mm-hmm. Um, bring somebody in to do these sort of trainings. It is on par with, it's like CPR training. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, how, it is. Our entire did, staff's going through it at E91 in October. Mm. Yep. That's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. I love it. There's one, I mean, just, uh, I just Googled it, um, suicide prevention training, and I just see one on, in Westfield uh, on, on Friday. So. I love it. <laughs> so here, let, to wrap this podcast up, um, and as it seems to be with most of our conversations, Aaron, there's always seems to be, we need to talk about this more, and I think that's always going to be the case, but here, this is a quick summary. Here are some of the things that I, I heard in, in chime in, guys, on this. Again, what is the first thing you need to do is you need to be there. Mm-hmm. If that means you as the person who's naturally not, uh, panicking immediately, breathe, take a breath, find the right approach. But your number one goal is to be there. If you are a parent and you're listening to this podcast, which I hope there are many, if you were listening to this podcast as a parent, the other thing is you need to find people for you too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you're also immediately grieving. You are also now in a panic and that panic doesn't go away because you just breathe for a hot second. You're just relaxing mm-hmm. enough so that you can be present for your son or your daughter or your loved one, but you need to bring people around you as well. Mm-hmm. And so I just, that was not something we said, but I just That's wanted great. to yeah. reinforce that the, as the supporter, the care person, you need a support too. And so just mm-hmm. as a parent that could be, that can be these resources. I think those are means to that, but also people um, that's not to air out the dirty laundry of somebody else and go and share everything that's happening. But you just need to have those people around you as well. While you are helping carry someone else's burden, you have somebody who's helping carry your Mm -hmm. additional ones now that you are not designed to carry on your own. So have a conversation, how to get them to talk, ask good discussion leading questions, not yes or no questions, Mm -hmm. okay? And if they do, start asking clarified questions. Oh, so you have. What might be some things that you you think of? Have you ever thought about how you might? Asking those clarifying questions that keep the conversation going deeper and deeper and deeper. And then we also touched on, what does the Bible say? Mm -hmm. I know we want the answer. Is that sin or not? Okay, I get it. But what does the Bible say? The Bible says, and we use um, Elijah as an example, is that suffering, this is an interesting, I think it's um, Tim Keller that says this, that suffering is actually meaningful. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he says, I'm trying to remember the name of the book. It's like walking with God through our pain or something like that. He talks about how suffering can be meaningful, and he uses the analogy that it's like a nail that just drives deeper and deeper and deeper into the heart of God, into the love, that when we go through it and we, we do it appropriately and we do it with time and we do it with our community, that it actually gives us a deeper meaning of our life mm-hmm. if we allow it to. And so don't look at suffering as something that you should always avoid but look at suffering as as Daniel has talked about in our two podcasts about disappointment. Um, is it, we have to go through it. it. We don't go around it. We go through it. We have to go it. It's a mm-hmm. battle. It's a battle worth fighting. It's a battle worth doing with other people. And so just remember that you you got to be there. Find support for yourself. Um, and that the suffering that you are going with, you are traveling and journeying with this other person is going to bring even deeper meaning if we're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. Just, as, a, as a caveat there, it's it's something worth, it's worth doing. It just yeah. always is worth doing. It Absolutely. brings deeper meaning and mm-hmm. deeper appreciation mm-hmm. well, for God. Yeah. Daniel, thank you so much. Is there anything you yes, want to add dude. to that? The the last last few bits of wisdom as we yeah. approach, this up. approach an hour and 20 minutes or whatever. No, it's an hour and three minutes. Okay, okay. Right now, wow. But yeah. Um, yeah, I really, I really don't know how to wrap it up. Just with, I don't know that we. You said all. You to, said all. Yeah, you said you said all the good stuff. I mean, we can't so wrap it up. Yeah. The reality is, yeah. I just yeah. think it's actually there's another elephant in the room. We can't wrap it up, guys. This, yeah. We there's yeah. not a solve to this, mm-hmm. and um, if one person who listens to this podcast either goes and talks to somebody else because they heard it and they they themselves are having these thoughts and these these issues, um, or if a person who is listening now has a better awareness to on how to, what to look for, what to listen for. 
and can start helping somebody else. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Um, and we do, we, I, we are a Christian podcast and we wanted to say this right before we give a, a shout out to Daniel, because we believe Daniel, if you would live in Indiana, Daniel can be an incredible resource for you. And since, since he came and was willing to give us our time, we want to definitely give him a shout out for, um, his resources that he can have for you or your loved one. I just want to say this. We do believe God is the ultimate healer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we bring up first Kings and Elijah is because the hope that God gave Elijah is the hope he promises you. And so if you walked yourself into the wilderness or you woke up and you found yourself in the wilderness, you never expected it. And you don't have the basic necessities to survive it. And you believe that there's no way out. We want to remind you right now that there is hope in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He died for you. He rose from the dead for you. And he is sitting next to God in heaven because he loves you. He went through the deepest of pains so that you could experience a sliver of hope. Mm-hmm. So if if you have nothing else, that sliver of hope, oh, grasp it. Mm-hmm. Okay, Aaron. Absolutely, absolutely. Sarah, so, and I I don't want to mess up the pronunciation of this because your last name is actually pronounced. I thought I think similarly, and I have no idea. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so and so give us give the and that was by the way, Jeremy. That was really good because I I I think there's all chapters in our life where we have approached this. And yep. we can all find wilderness. Ooh, wilderness. That's such and a real we all thing. Mean, and, and for some of us, it isn't necessarily thoughts of suicide, but we all face, you know, despair at times. So that was Absolutely. really good. Daniel. Give let, yourself give the us, advertisement. Give, get, you know what? Um, I don't think, I don't know if you need the cheat sheet that we have right here with your uh, business card. Yeah, I might need that. Yeah, just if you are an Indiana resident, I am a mental health counselor and I, I do work a lot with teenagers. I have multiple teenagers right now that, um, are working through safety plans and mm-hmm. suicide prevention sort of stuff. I took extra coursework on that because I knew it was going to be something that was really So he just said he was an expert. Important. <laughs> no. Nope. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ooh, I have extra up. training. I have extra training. Extra um, training. I love it. Um, so uh, I just want to put that out there. So my, my counseling practice is called Ecclesia, and um, it's Ecclesia Counseling Services. Uh, you can just Google that and it would probably come up. But that's E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. Um, and my website's E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A-I-N-D-Y.com. Um, and if you have any questions or um, maybe you're like, oh, I have a student that is um, going through this and I don't know next steps to take or to walk through this, just give me a call, 317-676-7506. I'd be happy to just walk walk with you, um, through whatever it is, um, help you to find the courage or, uh, the resources to be able to talk about it to, uh, your child, um, and, and be able to help you find some sort of support in that. Um, so, uh, that would just be a privilege. Yeah. We awesome. would. And again, it's our podcast is, it's about helping you leverage your skills and skills, skills and gifts for what matters most. And the best skill you have is to be present with your, your loved ones Absolutely. and to, utilize incredible resources such as the hotline and Daniel and other people like him who have um, worked hard to learn how to best be a support for you and for the one that you love. So again, it's ecclesiaindy.com. You can email them also at Daniel at ecclesiaindy.com. Again, Daniel, thank you so much. And this has been a blast. I know it's been a little bit long. We like to keep it to 30 minutes and we're Man, at an hour and seven. You get three people that love to talk in but, the same room. Just, I know. It's ooh, right? But I can just say that I, I feel like I am better for mm-hmm. this conversation. I, it's my, it is our prayer together that for everyone who is listening, that you, have, again, are grasping that sliver of hope. We believe in you. We love you. And we believe God has the best for you and for your loved ones. And it's, again, God's blessing over you as you now take this these really difficult conversations. Start with this. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's use the real word. Say Suicide. The word. Use the word. Guys, have a wonderful week. It's been great to be with you.